That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient-focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high-quality, naturopathic doctor-designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. I'm here with Dr. Michelle Pobega, my sidekick. What's up? Hello everybody it's how's uh, the yin the yin to the yang how are you doing i'm am i the am i the yin yeah you are really well you're, you're like-, like a yangy yin and i'm a yinny yang <laughs> i'm like true. a i'm like a yin within yang and you're like a yang within yin oh wow. god oh match made deep. in heaven match getting, made in heaven getting deep right off the right off the hop oh my god uh, how's your week been uh it's been good good yeah. uh busy 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 Ooh, busy busy but like that's good in yeah. uh in one way yeah. i feel like that uh that january february slump that usually happens seasonally is starting to like have that upswing again so things are starting to pick up with schedules and good yeah so it's nice but again back to back to busy i also do not have an infant so i imagine that's a different level of busy for you being a new dad so yeah, but it's it's super fun. He's he's doing sounds. He goes ba 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 all the time now. So that's kind of cool. It is when they cute. start babbling. It is pretty they're cute. So, they're so cute. They're basically like uh, infants and toddlers are basically like drunk adults because they just they, they've lost control of so many things or they don't yet it's they true. haven't yet mastered control of like verbal sounds and walking and motions and you're just like you're basically just like a really drunk person. Yeah, he looks like a drunk when he's. <laughs> I had try and help him walk and it, it's like taking your buddy home from the bar. It's pretty, it's so pretty bad. It's like weekend at Bernie's moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enough about Malky, <sighs> my little guy. Ah, uh, so cute though. It is cute. Hey, what, well, what, what I want to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, just so the people who are, uh, are listening are like, Hey, what are these people talking about today? We're going to talk about homeopathy today. And yes. I've talked about homeopathy before, but what I wanted to do is kind of like, uh, critically appraise or be critical of homeopathy from someone who really loves it and uses it. And um, I think that's a better position to come from if you have to 
you know, as we hear so much trash about so many different kinds of natural medicine, right? Like yeah. we get, we get hit pretty hard. And I would say the redheaded stepchild of all of everything that we do is homeopathy. I love that phrase, but yes, it gets beat hard, right? <laughs> it does. Homeopathy really gets the, the short end of the stick when it comes to how it's portrayed in the media um, or how it's reviewed by the, by the system or the medical professionals and stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it really does get the short end of the stick. Now, here's the thing. Like I don't use homeopathy. I don't use, let me rephrase that. I don't use classical homeopathy, yeah. but like the singular remedies. Yeah. Um, I don't really use that so much as I use more complex homeopathy, like where it's already formulated for specific reasons. So that way you're coming at something from a few different angles and then you're more likely to not swing and miss basically. Um, so well, and you're getting close to like, why, how are you going to start exactly. off the talk? Exactly. So I'm curious about, about this and, you know, and I appreciate us wanting to have a critical appraisal about stuff because as you and I have we've, we've had some stuff where we've, we've thrown out the pros and cons. Just our last recording was about the pros and cons and all these fad diets, even if they are clinically relevant, they're not all good for everyone. And they have limitations. Yes. Same with any kind of treatment, medical, naturopathic, homeopathic, yeah. same with testing. Like you and I have talked about that too. And I've even said that like some of the tests that naturopaths provide, they're like $600. I don't always find they tell me what I need. So I'm not, yeah. I'm going to choose something else. Maybe it's more cost efficient even as, or as yeah. well. So I think it's important to be, to just have an open mind and be critical about all things. And not everything is going to have, not everything is going to be a hundred percent perfect every single time. Yeah. Um, I, couldn't agree more. And maybe, maybe why I sort of thought of this um, idea for a topic today is, is, you know, on the coattails of our last talk, which was, you know, critically appraising different, different diets. And, and uh, yeah, I never really thought about that. It's probably where it came from is like, Hey, look, there's some good and there's some bad and there's yeah. some unknown with all different kinds of interventions. So, um, okay. So, so what you were alluding to, so I was going to ask you, Hey, why don't you use homeopathy in practice? And then you sort of alluded to it, which is, well, I don't use the single remedies, but I do use the, the complex combination remedies. Yeah. And, and the reason being probably is that they, they have a better sort of reliability tradition of use for a certain outcome or goal that you're going for. Totally. Yes? And yes, yes. And I find them to be, as we've discussed in the past, very complementary to some of the other things that I'll do where it really helps direct the course of action, takes it to another level, gets a little bit deeper for certain things where it complements the herbs I'm using or the nutraceuticals I'm using. Um, I don't tend to use like homeopathy just in isolation. And also I find classical homeopathy, I've, I've always kind of described it as a bit of an art form because you can literally make a singular remedy out of everything. And if you don't understand the character picture of what that remedy is, is a match for, then you're going to have a hell of a time trying to find the right match for the person. Absolutely. And, uh, so, so I've, I've never, I've never gone into studying all the different remedies and looking up singularly and doing a deep dive to feel comfortable to start to, you know, um, direct my intake to maybe mm -hmm. be a little bit more particular to finding the remedy, the needle in a haystack remedy. Yeah. You're, you're pointing to a lot of the, the problems I think with it too. And I have gone down the rabbit hole with homeopathy on, a, I can't even tell you how many times mm -hmm. I'll tell you why I got hooked. Um, in, yeah. 
in that because you, you you definitely use it more than me so i'm curious about what kind of what you gravitated towards when it came to that yeah so i don't use that many remedies in practice i would say and i i use maybe one every couple of days uh so like one every i don't know like 15 patients or or something um and we'll get to maybe why i'll tell you why i i got into it um i got into it because my mom had fibromyalgia or symptoms thereof, and this is like what 15 years ago or thereabouts and uh i read about homeopathy and i was i was fascinated by homeopathy from the get-go uh partially because it was performed or developed by real i'm talking like hardcore clinicians like any naturopath who's out there you think you're a real clinician that's cool you know we deal with chronic disease and all that but homeopathy was developed by some some medical doctors who were you in the dark ages of medicine we're talking like they're treating like tuberculosis septicemia like everything like hardcore proper doctors treating acute everything and i think people forget about the origin of it that it didn't come from from it wasn't you some know, whack job just right. like like the dances and heather naked and under exactly, a full moon exactly. it's like they were doctor doctors back in the day <laughs> yeah these were like proper doctors Correct. clinicians you know and they were they were doing it and so they must have got things right a little bit more than zero percent and and if i mean so so you have to understand that as an origin for the people who were doing it and if i've talked about it before forgive me for repeating it but it's very important Let's talk about why people even probably started using it. Hahnemann uh, is the or, the uh, originator. Like who designed a system of medicine in one lifetime? It's crazy, but he did. Yeah. And I don't think he slept probably. But anyway, he he was a toxicologist as well, or or he did he did toxicology research. So he had this background of knowing toxins, and he was a medical doctor. Back then, everyone's dying from medicine, right? So back then, we're getting bloodletting. Uh, mercury baths and other heavy metal sort of treatments like mercury this is baths yeah this wild. is like a this is mercury salves like this is a dark age of medicine so i'm imagining at po one point he said how about we start like killing fewer people and so <laughs> like they started diluting things and i think if you understand that if you understand the origins the context of the of where it's coming from it maybe seems a little bit more oh i get why someone would do that Everyone was dying from medicine. Okay, yep. let's dilute it. Maybe a few people would die. Good. So he did. And so then, you know, what you find is even diluting things, some of the uh, medicinal effects are retained at certain levels and then new effects happen. And he's like, well, that's cool. And he, mm -hmm. so, so once he got into it, then, then you can see why he diluted more. Okay, so we got... Diluted medicines, hopefully it's sort of understood why the hell someone would do that. Back to me, my mom had fibromyalgia. I gave her this remedy uh, and it, it fixed her fibromyalgia. So I'm hooked. You try, you want to, you want to fix, you want to be hooked on something, fix your mom. Yeah, or your that's kid. pretty wild. You know, I did not know your interest into homeopathy stemmed from that. Yeah, I, it was, that's it was really so cool. cool. And that was based Very on like cool. what we were learning at the time, which I don't really do anymore i think the the way we we learn it the classical way that you were sort of alluding to is i mean it's you're trudging through lots of unknowns and it's hard it's a it's as much of an intuitive art as it seems a science and and, th and that's what didn't appeal to me i was kind of like well this yeah it just felt like a lot of work and i was like it's inefficient uh, yeah, yeah yeah unless you're charging someone like or you know, like maybe some of those uh 
high-end homeopaths in Europe, they're charging someone like 2000 bucks a visit, you know, and you'll continue to work maybe hard on that case and do a three hour intake and all that. That's not the kind of stuff that most naturopathic clinicians, which I think we identify as want to do. And, and it doesn't suit the average person who needs our help. No. Um, okay. So there's that and that that's okay. So let's, let's get to our main problem with it. And I'll, I'll sum it up with it's, it's not really reliable the way in which we, uh, are taught homeopathy. Uh, and even if you think you're the world's greatest, uh, homeopath, I bet you don't get it right every time. It's not reliable or reliable enough when we've got other stuff we can do. That's going to get us, I say like, get us on base, right? So we can play some small ball. We're going to get on base with some nutrition. We're going to get on base with restoring sleep. We're going to get on base with some fiber. We're going to get on base with some, you know, liver gallbladder tonics. You know, we're, we're, we're going to get, maybe we won't hit it out of the park, pardon the yeah. baseball analogies, uh, but we're going to get on base. And, and I, yeah. and I think that's, those are more reliable. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, no, totally. But I don't, you know, I think if you're a good clinician, you would be doing those, those basics anyways, and still, and not using necessarily, at least I guess a, a true homeopath might be subscribing just to homeopathics, but as a naturopath, I would imagine that you're all, you are combining that with other really sound foundational care so that all the moving parts that makes up a person and their lifestyle and their existence in this world are lining up better. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would think. <laughs> no, and, and I, well, that's the problem as an atropath, you got all this other stuff you can use and you, you want to yeah. use and, yeah. and, and sometimes people are like absolutely hook, line and sinker for homeopathy, but they're forgetting all the easy stuff and they try to find some perfect remedy. Oh, this is the remedy. This is the perfect remedy. It's like, well, you right. forgot some basic stuff, you numpty, like just do that first. It's true. So, Okay. So I, I want to say this, I don't think this is the fault of homeopathy. That's a big claim. I don't think this is the fault of homeopathy. This is the, the fault of the way it's understood or not understood and practiced. Or applied or the way it's applied. Applied, applied yeah. is probably, that's probably the best, most precise way of saying it. So yeah. um, I use the analogy of like a unicycle. If you look at a unicycle, you go, that's hilarious. There's no way anyone can sit on that thing and it works. There's no, like you look at a unicycle, I, that's at least I look at it and go, this is crazy. But if you know how to use a unicycle, <laughs> apparently they work. So, <laughs> um, they, I, know, I always look at them. I was like, I don't. It just it just doesn't compute in my mind as exactly. to why you would why you would want to do that ineffective or inefficient way of mobilizing yourself. But go. Who's for the it. first guy who went on a unicycle? You know, my God, what was he thinking? A lot of spare time. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's like a loose analogy, but I think it I think it hits home uh, a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. And so, uh, and if you want to uh, just jump in, if you want to ask me more about any things I'm saying, just, just jump in. Yeah. Uh, otherwise I'll keep going. Cause I'm, I've sort of put together some stuff I've written about, uh, the problems with homeopathy. Right. So, so yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. It was like, I know that the purpose of this was to break it down. Okay. So first of all, let's not just start with the negs. Let's start off with like, what is the beauty of it? Like, how, why is it purposeful? What, what purpose does it serve when it comes to having it as part of our toolbox as naturopaths or as homeopaths? Oh man, that's a, that's a big question. Thank you. Oh, that's why I'm, that's that's why I'm an interviewer. <laughs> Bravo. Um, so you've stumped me kind of, cause the, the one, Guys, for this almost never happens. <laughs> <laughs> 
the one for sure like clear answer i can give you isn't is not a uh glowing <laughs> endorsement oh wow it. okay well, get, hit, yeah. hit me with it then okay so if i have something okay when does it you have to think about when you use a homeopathic compared to when you don't okay and so uh i often use a homeopathic when i i have exhausted my more reliable or or known interventions uh-huh. or i don't have a good assessment of what's going on i just i see some symptom and i'm like i have no idea where that's coming from and so uh that that's one of the weaknesses i guess that that we come to with homeopathy is is uh when we don't know when you don't have a good assessment of what's mm-hmm. going on and we don't know how something works mm-hmm. <laughs> but we try a remedy you can see how it's the error the error is going to be higher okay so in in there's other reasons when i use homeopathy but one of them is when most other reliable <laughs> interventions don't work or or whatever another time is uh and i may have talked about this before uh is like most recently i had a woman with graves disease which started all her symptoms started after her mom died mm. and uh that's why another topic I, we're going to talk about uh at some point is the origins of chronic disease, you know, because they're often drug, uh, antibiotic or drug use, um, uh, infection, yeah, uh, mental, emotional trauma, trauma, physical, physical trauma, yeah, um, whatever you know, you can hit me with a few more, and we'll do. I think we should do an episode yeah, on that another do. time. Yeah, but what what I uh, was going to say is that the onset of her uh, disease or uh symptoms or yeah i mean she has graves we did the testing um was when her mom died so how the hell do you treat that tell me what some fiber some vitamin c you're gonna get you could put it put her on some iv yeah do some evidence-based medicine guys yeah yeah bon chance i say Uh, you you know but what do we have in homeopathy we've got a tradition of what a couple hundred years of of medical doctor real clinicians back in the day up to maybe i don't know 50 or 100 years ago and still real clinicians in some parts of the world but anyway um who said that this is a remedy that that works very well after grief and there's seem there's often issues with uh in in a very sort of classical or neoclassical homeopathic approach uh issues with the mother so we've got a grief remedy mother I gave her Nat Muir and guess what? She's doing great. And do I know how it worked? I have no bloody clue. Do you think she gives one shit about? No, no. Well, I think, okay. So I think we have to rewind it a little bit for people who are not naturopaths to understand homeopathy is that. It (laughs) I'm like, how do I even start to explain this? I always I feel, it always feels really difficult to try to explain it because it feels like something it's hard to take seriously, but it's mm-hmm. very much okay. So here's, okay, let's think about it this way. Modern science and physics tells us that at the very core of any existence, everything is just molecules vibrating at energy. So basically like a table is not actually solid matter 
in the, in the truest sense, it's just molecules vibrating energy that creates something that appears as solid. So energy can't create, can't be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred and changed and shift and stuff like that. The purpose of homeopathy is to try to disrupt a certain negative energetic pattern that's possibly creating an illness or a stuck scenario, disrupt it and shift it out of that particular energetic state so that it, we can then bring it back into a more balanced energetic state. Is that a really good way? Is that a relatively decent way of describing that? Like that's part I of think what it's, it's as good as, to do. Yeah. I mean, that's as good as any, because let's be honest, Michelle, no one knows what the hell is going on. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, and because I have an, a type of energetic bioenergetic testing that's available at the clinic. So when I try to get people to understand the state of the test, I'm like, this is basically working on that that level of who we are to identify certain things. And that's where homeopathy falls in. Cause then people ask me about the complex homeopathics. Is it going to interfere with my medication? Is it this, is this, and they want to know. So, um, so, and it's interesting because when you work on that level, it can shift things on multiple systems. It's not just a singular system thing, right? So it can shift people on a mental oh, yeah. emotional state. It can shift Deep. people on, right and so that's where nothing yours, deeper i don't think anything deeper no and i think yours with the grief even though she theoretically probably understood that connection maybe the trauma was too much for her to be able to go through it with a psychotherapist and that could have taken a long time where this remedy was able to get there shift her out of that state in a way that doesn't make her relive the trauma of the death and also bring her back into her balanced state physically as well as emotionally and i think that's really cool and i think that's one of the, I think that is why homeopathy can shine because if you find that right remedy, it can really shift people. And when you talk to certain classical homeopaths, some of their stories are absolutely outrageous where people could, were not better about anything. And even your mom with fibromyalgia and this woman with Graves disease, it's, it's pretty remarkable when you get the right remedy, the shift that can come in the person's state of well being is sometimes you're kind of like, how the? How the fuck <laughs> did that even happen? It's you actually mind-boggling. You just got us explicit rating. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, it's, right, it's all good. Am um, I, not, I was like, am I? And that's why I paused. And I was like, ah. We're gonna lose more people about talking about homeopathy than we'll, we will for the odd f bomb. So that's okay. no, but like, but I think that's why that's why it can be really cool, and that's where it it can be really powerful, but there's also limitations, but I wanted to explain to the audience as to, to why it's even part of the medicine and why it's even part of the conversation when it comes to naturopaths or homeopaths or holistic doctors in the first place. You only ever hear the the really good results with homeopathy. That's it. Right? Though, like right? I, I've done, um, I've done courses with some of the world's absolute most prestigious homeopaths, like the whole bunch of the Bombay group and Jan Schulten and Luke right. Klein. And if, if they've, if they're a sort of big player in homeopathy 10 or 15 years ago, I've probably seen them. Right. I mean, um, I'm not going to talk about my shitty cases either with people. So let's be real. <laughs> yeah. But let's be that, but let's be real. Right. And that's what we're trying to do today yeah. is, is be real about homeopathy. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah, it does have this capacity to do stuff that nothing else. I, I mean, I'm not saying I know everything. I, I know something about every kind of intervention or medicine, but I have not seen anything do deeper stuff to people's, to, 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 yeah, to people, uh, their whole sort of mental, emotional, physical, because there's no real difference. It's all in there. Um, I've never seen anything go as deep as homeopathy does. Nothing. Now, that, it just, just doesn't happen enough for me to rely on it exclusively. So that's where I think, 
you know, instead of trashing homeopathy because you don't understand how to ride a unicycle, um, we just need to get more precise with, with how to use it. And that's, that would be sort of the end result of our whole talk today. I hope is that we just, we maybe try not to, uh, be too much to everything and, and try and find new remedies and crazy new rem. Oh, this remedy, for, you know, like, whoa, 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 let's, we need to work with the ones we have the best data on, which would be the oldest ones to me, some of the older polycrests. And we need to, uh, look at the, the evidence based on like the old, we need to re, uh, interpret symptoms from repertories. Mm. So like old symptoms that, that the, the real clinicians had, not the, you know, basement homeopaths now who'd like just have crystals and take a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, I mean, look, there's a place you want to do crystals. I'm, I'm all for it, but like, uh, that's not for me. And I don't think it's for most clinicians. Um, but that's the, that's the, that's the way homeopathy has gone is it's, it's kind of turned into this. They're not all like that, but there's a lot of homeopaths who do some dodgy stuff. Listen, there's a lot of physicians in all shapes and forms that do a lot of dodgy stuff. And I feel like whenever you have a large group of people, some people are going to be some, some stinkers in there and they're not going to yeah. do the job. Right. So, so I feel like, I feel like that's a fair assessment. Cause I feel like that could be said about any profession, fair enough. any physician. Yeah. So that's fine. You know, like, I feel like that's fair. And, and, and I guess like the fact of the matter is, is that Dave and I are not opposed to pointing that out within our own sphere. There's limitations Absolutely. to what we do. There's limitations to some of the clinicians out there that call that, that, you know, and, and to the tests and the therapies and the things and everything has to be, there's a right place for the right thing at the right time, but it's not always going to be good for everyone all the time. Let's, let's point out more issues with homeopathy. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's Cause I, I do love it. Like I said, deeper, more comprehensive form of, um, correcting information for people's mind body yeah if you want to be sort of like as you know <clears throat> inclusive of of all the effects that it has here's some other problems though michelle when you have a suspicion about someone's uh so you have an assessment you have a preliminary assessment you think okay there's something going on i'm going to pick on you for the gallbladder because you're like gallbladder whisperer right so that you think something's going on with liver gallbladder and there's something yeah. going on with whatever else and whatever else you got like three main things yeah. that you know systems or organs or functions whatever that you're sort of focusing on when you use something that you sort of know how it works and you get a positive result that's cool when you use something when you sort of know how it works and you get a nil result it actually is kind of helpful in a way right? Whereas if we don't know how something works and we get a nil result, it's back to the drawing board with homeopathy. Right. So say, say you give someone like you do the gallbladder, you, you do some gallbladder flush with someone and they come back and there's a nil result. Well, it's okay. It's not the gallbladder. We don't need to, I know that when I do this gallbladder, uh, you know, protocol or whatever, right. it's going to give me a result if, if there's something to get there. And if there's not, okay, we can rule that out as something else. Whereas, you, you do some homeopathy, you go, oh, give this one remedy. It didn't work. Oh, back to absolutely back to the drawing board. Do you get, get that yeah. sort of idea? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that sucks for a clinician, right? I, I, I think it sucks for a patient. A nil result always sucks for a patient, but it really sucks for a clinician when you're like, okay, back to what do I have to do the whole case again? No, it's like, okay, I know it's not the gallbladder. So I'll try this other thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel okay. you on that. Okay.
Anything? What else? What else? Sorry. What else you got for me? Because you have like a whole thing that you wanted to get through today. (laughs) You had a thing, but I understand. I understand that. I feel like you're right. Just seeing how that sits. I'm just seeing how that sits with you first, because I mean, like, I have the experience, or I have the advantage of I've written all this out, so I've already thought about it. You're, you're just like, I'm giving this to you. The thing is, is like with homeopathy it either does what you intend it to do, or it doesn't do anything at all. Sometimes with like more remedies, like even vitamins or something, someone has the opposite reaction to something. I'm kind of like, well, that's interesting. And then you're like, is that a genetic issue? Does she has a methylation pathway issue? And then it kind of sets you off into like, okay, now we have to explore this tangent because that did not happen the way I expected it to. But at least it kind of gives you a bit of a framework in which to work with after to start to un- yes. crack open the case a little bit more because you know the 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 interesting thing about being a practitioner is that it is a practice in a way because not no two people that walk into your office are ever the same even if they have the same quote unquote condition so you give one something to someone that you've used repetitively and they're kind of like yeah that didn't work or that did the exact opposite that i thought it was going to do and then you're like okay so what could that possibly mean about your body your system how things are communicating um so you're right it gives it still gives feedback for you to be able to understand how to pivot or where to pivot or mm-hmm. You, you know, what else needs to be considered as part of the equation, mm-hmm. but with homeopathy, you're right. You just kind of go back to square one. And, and you've got all your eggs in one gig. base, all, all your egg, eggs in one basket. If you're doing yeah. the real sort of classical way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a, it's a bit of a tough, it's a tough blow. Yeah. And, 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 uh, mm-hmm. you know, back to the, the basement sort of dwelling homey. I don't know why I have this image of someone in like a basement doing homeopathy, like, you know, in this classical way where they don't touch anyone, they don't do any labs. They don't, they're not like clinicians. So one, I think that's, that's a big problem with the way homeopathy has uh, spread into uh, a lot of like, I don't know, there's lay homeopaths out there and, and all that. And maybe some are good, but, but there's a lack of specialized clinicians, I think in homeopathy now, and that that's going to make it difficult for us to get a good handle on what mm. remedies do what, because, mm. you know, like from having, a, a bit of a focus. Are we allowed to say that, Kono? A bit of a focus. F- focus. On... Yeah, we can say that word. <laughs> okay. I have a bit of a focus on on the gut. The more you see things, the more you get to be kind of like, okay, I I really know this this aspect of health really really well. And so, uh, what, say you found like some remedies. Like for example, I use fiber demulcents, uh, alka powder. Uh, uh, bitters and like berberine, like uh, there's about seven things I use almost all the time. Cause it, I don't, I don't need to know too many more to, to know when to use them. So, so I get a better, you get a better data set to work with and you get a little bit more reproducible, reliable results. Mm-hmm. We don't have that with homeopathy as much. So if you had like, a, if you had like a real clinician who did like a, a physical exam and did labs and then only did homeopathy and they only worked with IBS or whatever, we might get a better idea of what remedies do what. That's true. Um, but that's the problem the way it is now. What other kind of limitations do you find with homeopathics? Uh, again, there's no real assessment. So, mm. uh, I, I think I alluded to this earlier, but like we don't, when you and I do an assessment, we, we've probably got some organ systems or, or, uh, you know, missing healthy functions or present, uh, signs of dysfunction or whatever that sort of really guide your assessment. With homeopathy, what do you do? You you grab a whole bunch of you to take the whole case, which sounds lovely and it's great, and it, I I think it's it's a worthwhile, noble sort of 
cause if you have the time to do it. What's your assessment? You, you, you put all these, you collate all these like different symptoms and then you try and find the remedy that fits best for all of them. I mean, you don't really have an assessment. You have a, you have a best guess for a remedy. Mm. Um, and again, within, within those, those uh, remedy symptoms, there's a whole bunch there that uh, I think there's lots of garbage symptoms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so now you've got noise. I mean, I talk a lot in like nerdy data patterns, but you've got a lot of noise as opposed to yeah. getting the right signal. Do you know what I mean by that? Does that make I sense? I do. I do. And I think, am I correct in saying like, when you do the intake, you have to be like, it's almost like, oh my God, I feel like I can't find my words today. I am sorry, audience. Um, you I like hearing it. you struggle. It's always fun. Bet, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Like it's just like, just random babbling like your son. Um, <laughs> but he's probably more articulate actually than me at this moment. <laughs> So I feel like when we were taught how to do homeopathy, it was almost like the most intense interview. And how does that make you feel? And then how does that make you feel? Yeah. And then how does that make you feel? And I felt like it was so interrogative, inter yeah. interrogative, and anyways, whatever. And uh, again, I'm a wordsmith today, guys. And uh, <laughs> and it was almost like you're not allowed to try to put any, you're not allowed to lead them because it has to be in their words and this and that. And then you try to look things up and they use weird words like loquacious in like the, in, in like the books and like they use like, well, the books words. are hilarious. Books are hilarious. And you're just kind of like, okay, this person says their, their poop looks like soft serve ice cream. Like, I don't see that in the, I don't yeah, see yeah. that in the repertoire. Like, how do I, it was hard <laughs> to try to like, put those things together after too because it's such an old it's, it's an old english type of vernacular and stuff they use so it's old it's there's some weird and probably yeah. some like uh not very woke um way <laughs> ways of <laughs> yeah it's definitely um, from another time <laughs> and it's definitely men <laughs> it's definitely men chose the words like good for definitely. hysterical women yeah, a remedy for the hysterical woman. Yeah, exactly. And you're just kind of like, what does that mean? Right? Probably so her I, husband's an asshole. Uh, yeah. Making her <laughs> hysterical. Do you have a remedy for an asshole husband? <laughs> what is the remedy for that? Um, so so I found that to be a bit of a, a roadblock for me. I was like, oh, yeah. this is ridiculous. And then honestly, having homeopathic classes and going through the repertoire and having to find the one I thing. I love how you call and it repertoire. It's repertory. 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 Repertoire sounds great. Thanks. Repertory. I forgot <laughs> what the word is. It's been that long since I've cracked that big. Who that looks at them? It's who I looks feel, at the repertoire? I don't know. I feel like I have that Bible somewhere and I spent a godforsaken amount of money on something that I've it's barely good looking used. Book. It's a good it's looking a beautiful book. book, but we'll use it. But it's like one of those things where you have to find the word and then you branch down and then there's another yeah. branch to a subset and another subset, another subset. Yeah. And you get there and you're like, damn it, it's not the remedy. And you're just like, yeah. oh my God. It was maddening trying to do homeopathy. I found it maddening. And I was like, I, this, I, it doesn't make sense to my head. And kudos to the people who've been able to stick it out and understand it, even with classical homeopathy. Like, I think that there you need you need to use it enough to start seeing the trends to know those more well-versed remedies like sulfur silica natmir sepia like those kinds of things because there's definitely like really strong clinical pictures for those and 
those are still things that just don't stick in my mind because it's, it's just never, it's never been one thing that sticks. Yeah. Uh, so you bring me to another good point. I, I think is a good point. It's not, not uh, unique to homeopathy. It's something I tell to patients almost every day in practice is that I don't think we know shit about a lot of things. No, Like there's so many things we don't know about. And the reason I uh, have got that insight from recently is, is from doing uh, the visceral manipulation, osteopathic hands-on that has made me realize or, or made me see some things that I couldn't see otherwise. So it's like a whole different sense that you're looking at the same thing, but you have a different sense. So, but what it's also made me realize is that although I can do that with the gut a bit, I can't do it everywhere. And I know there's so many symptoms that people have, and we just don't know what's, we don't know what's causing them at all. Like yeah. we, we just, we have, we have no idea of what is the cause for so many people's symptoms. Uh, yes, I, I agree. The more I'm in practice and the more, the, the busier I've gotten, the more I'm just kind of like, I'm getting a lot of people coming to me with specific issues that are quote, like in my quote unquote wheelhouse. And then there are some people that come to me and I'm just kind of like, where, I don't, I don't know where to start. There's, there's yeah. too many, there's too many things happening. It's hard to know, like, where do I begin to unravel things? Or again, you go in being like, this is a tried and true. And then they come out and they're just an explosion of other things. And you're just kind of like, where, where did that come from? Yeah. How did, what did I miss? And, you know, um, again, cause no two people are the same. Yeah. You know, it, it feels sometimes it feels like there's landmines everywhere with people's health. And I wonder if it's because health these days has been unraveled so much. We are so disconnected from how the body is meant to function and optimally function that it literally feels like landmines and not to mention people come in with like eight plus medications. You're just like, well, there's another landmine and, and I can't use this because yeah. of this interaction. And then I can't use this because and, and it's, it's wild. And, and it just makes me realize how, how little we know about the human body. Yes. To, the more, to, you know, to, to, the more, you know, the more I realize I don't know. And yeah. also how is on a greater scale, how little the general population knows about what it is to take care of their body because they're coming in so broken. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. even our medical system has failed because they also don't know what they like. They also have having to clue a lot of the times they just give a lot of medication yeah. and they're just kind of like, blah, blah, blah. Well, right? how do you do it in 15, 10 minutes? How do you do it properly? You can't, you it's, can't. That's, that's, I mean, it's, some people it's, get lucky, but yeah, it's true. Like it, it really is. I feel like the, the better I've become as a clinician, the more I'm just kind of like, I have so much to learn still. <laughs> Absolutely. So the, so the one way in which I've learned more is like what I was, what I was saying with the visceral assessment is, yeah. is pain referral pain patterns mm. or like, uh, like today I worked on someone's pylorus and she's like, she felt tingling all the way down her legs, hmm. tingling all the way down the legs from like a, what a, a, a 50 gram force on her pylorus. That's weird. Right. That's a, and then we did it. The, we pushed it another way and she felt a tingling all the way up to uh, like, she had a globus feeling in the, in the pit of her throat from like a 50 gram force being applied to the pylorus. Mm. Now, how the hell all that stuff is connected. So I'm getting some of these patterns that I see, oh, you know, so or, cool if I, or if I, or if I, if I do it on, like, if I, if I work with the root of the small intestine off, they feel it towards the back or, or, issues with the kidney to feel down the groin. So there's, I'm learning these patterns, 
but I still don't know much, but I'm seeing so many of these weird referrals. Now, if you look in the, you know, homeopathic books, they've got a list of a lot of these symptoms. Like, hmm. oh, there's like, you know, a left-sided remedy. Cause I'll do stuff right. on people and they're like, everything's yeah. on the left side, but the thing that's causing the symptoms on the left side could be from the right side. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's just all these things we don't know about. Um, so, so the, not the, the homeopathic repertory or the repertoire, as I'm going to call it from now on, Sorry. <laughs> it's way better, cooler name. It's, it's a, it's a summation of all these like random sort of symptoms. And so like, um, kidney issues with tingling down the leg or whatever. It's, it sounds like some unrelated thing, but, uh, it could be, it could be that some of these clinicians were picking up on, onto some of these referral patterns. But if you don't understand how those referral patterns work, it, it just seems like noise. It was something that was cool about homeopathy though, is that those very unique symptoms you, you just might find the remedy for that unique symptom. Cause like some of these people come in and they're just like, so I get this weird and you're kind of like, I have no idea what that means. Right. You get that random weird, or I do get people who's like, everything seems to happen on the left side. And I was like, Oh my God, left-sided remedies. If only I was good at homeopathy and that literally goes through my head because everything is on the left. Right. So yeah, that's, that's the kind of cool part about homeopathy, but. And if you get it right, man, it feels good. Yeah. Well, what, what I think would be even better, and this is like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this in my lifetime, but I feel like if I could, if I could put some of those random, okay, here's the, here's the optimum situation, at least some parts of the optimum situation, if we're going to find out how homeopathy, homeopathics work, take a well-known homeopathic. So let's say pulsatilla. Okay. Okay. So take pulsatilla, look at some, look at the, the, um, look at the symptoms, maybe look at pain patterns, all the, all the seeming uh organ affinities or pain patterns that 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 it has that are best known mm-hmm. or best proven by good clinicians and then add on top of that an understanding of a deeper understanding of anatomy and i think we'll have a way better understanding of where those remedies work so what organs what systems what areas of the body um like for example some of the old clinicians would be like affects the celiac ganglion because it would, it would, it would improve or it would, it would address symptoms in that area of the body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's a smart next step for us. If, if we're actually going to, instead of like just trashing homeopathy, I don't get it. Ah, unicycles are dumb. Ugh, they don't work. Right. They don't fit the science that I'm into. Well, you dumb, dumb. They, you, there's 200 and some years of people using it. Yeah. So instead of throwing out the baby with the bathwater, let's get more precise with the ones that we know as best as we can apply some, like I find the osteopathic, if an osteopath got their hand, like a really good osteopath, not someone like me who's been doing it for a few years, but someone who knows all these crazy patterns of, you know, between, uh, you know, when I press here, things happen down here, these crazy nerve relationships, if they got their hands on that and they, and they, that, man, we would get a way better understanding of a real true signal of what the homeopathics did. And then we could do better research. I think, I think that would be, that could be helpful. That could totally yeah. be helpful. I had a question come up while you were chatting. Go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, do you feel like there is a possible limitation to homeopathy now? Because when it was created, things were far more simple. There wasn't uh-huh. EMFs, there wasn't airplanes, there wasn't 
pesticides, there wasn't chemicals, there wasn't plastics, there wasn't all these other things that are bombarding our system in a way that it probably evolutionary hasn't been able to, to, to maybe, um, adapt to. And then that creates limitations to why maybe my classical homeopathy doesn't always fit into modern day problems because modern day problems are far more complex. I wonder if there's a limiting factor for that too, because there's so much, so many more layers and so many more confounding factors. Yeah, maybe, but I, I, so I'm going to say, I don't think that's unique. That problem is not unique to homeopathy. I think it's, right. it's, it's a problem with every aspect of I think medicine. So too, but- and that's why, like, I think that's why naturopaths exist. And, and, and some of us have thriving practices is because um, things are more complicated in general. Yeah. So when life is more complicated, so too are the problems of life. And, and that's why I think uh, conventional medicine, as much as it, Maybe, maybe it was all he needed up until, I don't know, like the forties, fifties or, or something. I don't know when they used fewer drugs and doctors did more physical exam and, 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 um, I don't know, like, I, I think that's not unique to homeopathy. No, but I think, but I'm also wondering, like you were saying, like, we should always, we should stick to more of the classical homeopathic remedies, but I'm wondering if like, we do need to have more of those newer age remedies because they fit more newer age problems. Maybe, but I, I would say we didn't, we didn't figure them out. We didn't figure out the good ones anyway. So we're moving on too far. We're stretching ourselves way too thin before understanding, you know, we, we think, oh, these are polycrest. We understand exactly how they work. Well, uh, no, we don't. Mm -hmm. So, so work on them and and really flesh, flesh them out first. Mm -hmm. And then I think we could more precisely apply homeopathy, whether it was, you know, us as a homeopath in like 1900, th- th- we could apply it more reproducibly to today's issue or today's issues. Yes. There's more complexity with, like you said, all these contaminants, pollutants, whatever life is just crazier. Everyone's life busier, crazier, crazier. Yeah. but I think we could use them better. Um, if we, you know, went back in time too, I, I think a lot of this comes down to here and I'll, I'll, I'll trash this part. Maybe of- everyone just needs petroleum because that's like the core of like most junk in this world. We just need to give homeopathic petroleum to everyone. <laughs> a great eczema remedy. Yeah. Um, so here, here's, I'll just read a little bit of what I wrote previously. Yeah. The homeopath is traditionally taught to treat imbalances in the vital force. I don't doubt the nobility of the, this pursuit, but it's not something you can easily put your finger on as to what it is, let alone how to assess it and then how to treat it. I do not doubt the existence of some autonomous intelligence that governs life, but as far as I can tell, we are as close to knowing it, how it operates as, it, as we are to knowing why it exists in the first place, meaning we don't know. Um, the homeopathic remedy, when correctly chosen correctly or whatever, supposedly corrects this vital force and leads ideally to full and permanent cure. Again, these are lofty ideas which may someday be proven to be roughly close too correct, but for now it's too imprecise and intangible in the context of our present understanding of physiology and the development of other interventions with more modest uh, philosophical goals, but maybe more reliable short-term benefits, sort of what I was saying at the beginning. Um, that If that's the framework we're teaching people, we're going to lose them. Um, and and I like I said, lofty philosophical ideas, but 
Um, and I see the merit in them, but if it's yeah. philosophical and people don't know how to grasp that concept and idea, it's hard to know how to support that theory. Yeah, and, there's, and-, and there's divisions in our uh, profession, right? There's like these vitalists, people call themselves vitalists, vitalistic practitioners. Okay, cool. So I, I, and I do think there's some vital force. I mean, okay, be, be nice to people about this uh, description of this word, vital force. Okay, I don't know what that means, but there's some, come on, there's some intelligence that runs the show. Yeah. Some like autonomous. Like chi, like we, yeah, like what we is- can't, we, you know, chi in Chinese medicine, like it's hard to quantify that, but we all somehow acknowledge it exists, which is like thousands exactly. upon thousand year old theories. So yes, there's some, vital force or autonomous uh semi-autonomous uh intelligence yes there is but it's hard to use that language and not lose a few few people along the way so that's why i wish we had if we if we listened well if we did some something like what i'm saying or way smarter people than me took what i'm saying and added their way smarter like dave nelson hey dave dave nelson there I'd love to hear what Dave has to say about this, but you know, like maybe find out how, what sort of areas of the body or tissues uh, are on the same sort of wavelength as the remedy and then learn how to use them reproducibly. And man, we would have a massively, uh, we'd have a wicked tool, just a badass tool. If we Mm -hmm. knew how to do this kind of medicine properly, instead of just trashing it. It's true. Yeah. I wish it was just that easy though, wasn't it? But, but I, I, I gotta say though, you know, I think the the whole philosophical vital force talk, I never want to be done with that. You know, I never want to be done with that because that's what separates us from modern medicine. And I think part of my concerns about the way naturopathic is somehow being taught now is that they're trying to get rid of some of the more core things there's less value put on those and it's almost like they're trying to compete with modern medicine and i feel like we have them they are an established set of systems that way we need to we need to be complementary and different in our own right and i think that looking at things from more philosophical and looking at the mind body and looking at the more energetic side of things and looking at the some of this greater you know the someone parts and whatever that phrase is because again i'm a wordsmith today and uh i think that is still what's really beautiful but what we do as and and i never want to lose that even if it for some people it sounds like you know, weird and witchy and, and, and hokey and whatever, guess what? There's a lot of parts of, of the human existence. That's hokey, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, we are energetic beings. We are mental, emotional beings. There's, you know, like this desk I'm sitting at is an illusion of being solid based on physics and what we've understood from science. So uh, I, I like that somewhat more, I don't know, magical vital force type of talk in a certain way too. I never want to get too medical and sterile about everything either. No, I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. I, um, you know, yeah, I feel I mean, like but, but there's a, there's a fine balance between them. I think there's, it's a matter of balancing the both. And I know we all want to be taken seriously and we want to be respected in this world. Uh, but I never want to lose our core values either. No, to do that. But I'm also at the same time, quite happy to, 
listen sympathetically to people who trash the aspects of things that need to be updated and that's totally. okay i just i just don't want like you're saying i don't want to trash everything it, it, it's it's a bit cancel culture right keep what works yes don't throw the baby bruce out with lee the bathwater. water yeah yeah <laughs> bruce, bruce lee, lee it. you know take what works for you and and update it and and throw out the trash trim the fat yeah yeah we do true. need to we do need to trim the fat with with homeopathy but man you we would be making a grave mistake to throw it all out because we think we know better than 225 years of real clinicians. Come on. I, you think I, you're that smart? I agree. I agree with that for sure. I feel like it's true. It's it's one foul move and suddenly you're completely cast out as a whole. And yep. you're kind of like, well, again, it, and I feel like there's been a lot of that in, in the general theme of like the world today where we need to start paying attention more to the nuance of things mm -hmm. rather than looking at things so black and white and mm -hmm. being quick to judge and quick to criticize and, and quick to just dis discard. Mm -hmm. I, had a, I had a few uh, main points that I wrote down. So I'll just go through those yeah. and we can, we can use that and you can add anything after that, or we can just sort of finish with that. So uh, main me. points, hint, main points, doctors, clinicians always need to improve in our ability to assess. If Agreed. we don't know what's going on, then it's going to limit our um, reproducible, reliable treatments. And doctor, is, is it is it though Sarah's doctor is teacher, but I imagine say doctor is student too. You're constantly having to learn. Oh yeah, don't you, ever underestimate that. You think you're done? You're done. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, an accurate assessment may necessitate the ability to perceive and understand health, pathology, physiology, and anatomy from different perspectives and levels of expertise. Um. And I think, you know, in medicine, very good at understanding a lot of pathology, but I think one thing naturopaths really hold down well is understanding of like healthy physiology. You need to know that to know yeah. sort of aberrations from that. And then I'd say uh, every kind of practitioner needs to know anatomy better. Um, and then, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And then, uh, so what else treatment effectiveness is not only related to assessments also dependent on knowing the sphere of action of the intervention medicine but is made sim uh, simpler by better assessments so we don't really know the sphere of action of homeopathics uh yet mm. um i think we know they're deep when they work they are they're deep but we don't again we don't we don't know so that would be it would help our treatments if we knew a little bit better how they worked instead of just trashing them and saying they don't work mm -hmm. um and then uh, I guess I would say finally, like homeopathic medicines do work, but the foundational principles upon which they are prescribed are, are subject to multiple errors, if you will, and, and making it difficult to prescribe reliably. Yeah. And I think yeah. I shared some of some of the areas that I found difficult or hurdles. I think we touched yeah. on various points of those in the conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so homeopathy. Mm -hmm. pros and cons just like everything else guys don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. yeah we just have to be more refined with how we use it and develop those skills a little bit more in instead of just trashing it yeah i think if we get if we get good at understanding a, a few really really well it's better than just spreading yourself too too thin yeah yeah, yeah. cool cool till All next right. time folks yeah Michelle, it was a pleasure. You were a wordsmith today. I was a real, oh, I don't know. I'm definitely one with the words today. Yeah. It was a special. It was very special today. 
thanks everyone for listening. And uh, Michelle's going to come back with a full vocabulary next week. You bet. We'll talk to you then. Bye, guys. Bye. That Natural Pathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there.